Good morning, church. Would you pray with me as we get into God's word? Father, we thank you so much for this day. God, we thank you for the promises that you bring, especially today. We, we thank you for the promise that is coming as well. And I pray, Lord, uh, that as we dig into your word, that we would be led by your spirit. And may we cling more to your promises, especially in the circumstances that we are in. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. In the 90s, uh, these two guys, Frank and Kenneth, had this wild dream that would affect many people's lives. Uh, Kenneth Lowe, the guy on the right there with the tie, uh, he was working in the radio business, and he would describe himself as a frustrated architect. What he meant by that is he had a hobby of building homes. And he came to his friend Frank and said, you know what, I got this wild idea. I want to marry my hobby with everybody's television set. And what was going on in the early 90s is that cable television was booming. You probably remember this if you had cable TV in the early 90s. Because in 1994, there were 102 new television stations that were put in to cable television. Everything ranging from the popcorn network to the horse riding station and Ken and Frank's wild dream, which is known as HG. TV. Have you watched any of their shows before? I'm sure you've probably been introduced to these guys before, the Property Brothers, or if we're going to talk about HGTV, of course, we've got to mention this show, Fixer Upper, with Chip and Johanna Gaines, right? And, and what began as something that was in competition with the Popcorn Network and horse riding blossomed into a $12 billion network that has just grown and grown and grown and probably has affected you in some ways. You've probably watched some of these shows during your quarantine time, and it's probably influenced some home projects or the honey-do list to get a little bit longer. Did I mention that we painted the trim in our house like three weeks ago? Thanks a lot, HGTV. But, but the question that I have for today is, is why? Why is it that HGTV beat out the Popcorn Network? But, but even deeper than that, what, why are we so drawn to shows like this? Uh, personally, I think the reason that we're so drawn to shows like this is that, that there's something that is deep inside of us that just loves renovation. In fact, I would say it this way, that we all need hope and we desire renovation. Every one of us needs hope, and we are desiring some renovation. Now, you might be saying, well, hold on a second, Pastor. This is where you're wrong. I actually don't like HGTV, never watched any of their shows. My point is bigger than HGTV. The point is this. I, I guarantee that you're probably wearing some new clothes that you weren't wearing 30 years ago. You have renovated your style. Or, or even this, as human beings, we are always looking to innovate and renovate and, and try new things. I mean, this is what our education system is all about. This is why you are trying to advance in your career. This is why you've picked up cooking or started playing a new instrument. See, there's something deep inside of every one of us that has a desire to renovate, and we're all in need of a hope for something 
more. And it's not just like a modern thing. This is something that has existed for a long time. In fact, I believe it's true of all humans. In fact, we read that early on, the first followers of Jesus, they also needed hope and they had a desire for renovation. They needed it in times when things were good, but especially in times when things weren't going so good. That's why today the promise that we're going to be looking at is so important. Because the promise that we're going to be focusing on today that God promises is going to happen is this, is that God is going to make all things new. This promise comes from Revelation 21. So if you have a Bible, why don't you just open up your Bible to Revelation 21. It's maybe the last page or the second to last page in your Bible. We're going to be looking at that passage here. And I'll give you a little bit of context of what's going on in Revelation 21. Because when you understand this, you will cling to the hope that it brings of the greatest renovation that is to come. Revelation was written by a guy named John who was a disciple of Jesus. He was one who was following Jesus. And he writes this letter to a group of Christians, people who are following Jesus, as they are in the midst of some really difficult times. It was not easy to be a Christian during the time that John wrote this letter of Revelation. And so he is writing this to give them some hope. So I want to give you three reasons. I could give you 20, but I'm going to give you three here today why this promise is so great that God is making all things new. The first one comes from Revelation 21, verses 1 through 2. It reads this. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. The first reason that this is so great is is this, is that hope has come and will continue to come. Chances are you've maybe stumbled across the book of Revelation or you've maybe heard some of the crazy things that it talks about. John wrote the book of Revelation not with the intention to like have you crack the code or to be scared of it. He wrote it with the intention that it would bring you and me hope. That's the reason that he wrote it. And what he's saying is that hope is coming to you. Notice this word, this phrasing here, he says in verse 2, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. What he's saying is that this coming hope is entering into our world. It's not something that we are ascending to. Now, what's interesting is this, is that as a follower of Jesus, we believe that hope has come into this world. In fact, in other places in the Bible, we, we learn that Jesus is described as the first fruits. What we mean by that is that imagine that there's a field, right? And, and it's ripe, it's ready, to be, uh, it's ready to bring forward some fruit. And so, so the first fruits are literally the first fruit that comes from the crops, Mind blown here, all right? That's what it means. And what the Bible is saying is that Jesus is the first fruits. 
that when he came into this world, which we historically believe happened, and when he died on the cross and rose again from the dead, that was the first installment of what God is ultimately doing, that he has come into this world, yet he is coming again. And that because of his death and resurrection, for those who believe, they too will experience what Jesus himself experienced. This is incredible. What John is saying is that that this promise that came to Jesus is going to come to you and me as well. The city of God is coming. But the question becomes, well, what will this renovation be like? Well, we get into the second thing, that God is making all things new is better than anything we have ever experienced. Look at Revelation uh, 21 verse 4 here. It says that he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. Do you hear that list that John is saying? He's saying that there's going to be no more tears. He's saying that death will be gone be no more mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. It's interesting because uh, I think that, that there's a lot of things that I'm hoping for right now, especially as I stand here at church. Like, I am hoping that someday my kids will go back to school. Like, e-learning has been a blessing. Shout out to all the teachers out there. You're doing great. I'm hoping that my kids get out of the house and can go back to school. I'm, I'm also hoping that someday we're going to be able to gather as a church again. And you're not going to have to watch this over a live stream or something like that. I, this has been great, but I'm, I am hoping that we will be together as a collective group of people. And I am hoping and praying that sports will be back on TV. Please, Lord, all right? I don't, I, there's enough classic rewinds and things that I've watched and past champions. I want some new champions. I want some live sports to come. And, and my point is this. I've been, I've been thinking about, I've been hoping for a lot of these things to come back. But, but when I think about those things that I just listed off, I'm hoping for these things to be restored. But if I were to be very honest, all of those things have brought tears. They've brought pain. They've brought complaining. And I know John didn't mention complaining in that list, but I don't think it's going to be in the new heavens. My point is this. What God is promising to bring is beyond anything that we have ever experienced. It's beyond those things that we want to come back. See, this isn't a restoration back to the way things were. This is going to be the best thing that we have ever experienced. This new heavens and new earth. This verse, though, these words you've maybe heard before because they're very popular words uh, for somebody's funeral. And rightfully so, because when we're at the, when we experience death, we cling on to these words and we hold on to what God is promising that in this new kingdom, 
There will be no more death, no more painting, no more mourning, and no more crying. See, my point is this. The future hope of a Christian is more than just going back to the good old days. It is beyond that. It is so much more, and it will not disappoint us. Now, you might be saying, okay, well, I want to get there. <laughs> well, why can't we just fast forward here? Or, or does this just mean that this place is meaningless and it doesn't really matter? That's not what John is saying at all here. I need you to get this third point of why this promise is so great. Because what God is promising is the ultimate renovation. The ultimate renovation. Look here in verse five, it says, and he who was seated on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. And he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. The key word there is new. What does John mean by that? You know, in our English language, this word new is kind of clunky. I mean, we use it for many different things. We can use it to say like, hey, somebody just had a newborn talking about how young they are. Or we can say that I have a new car. And then we have to explain that by saying, well, I, it's a new to me car, a new used car. And it's just different. In, in the original language that, that John wrote this, it was in Greek. And in Greek, there are two different ways that you can say the word new, and it just enlightens us. It helps us to see a little bit more of what he's saying here. One of the ways that, that you can say new in Greek is neos. You're going to learn a little Greek here, all right? So you can say it at home. Uh, you say it with me. One, two, three, neos. It means new in time, uh, talking about something being young. It's talking about the age, how long it's been in existence, or another way to say new in the original language is this word, kainos. Say it with me. One, two, three. Kainos. All right. Which means new in quality and or in nature. Uh, meaning that it's talking about that something is new, meaning that it is the best that it possibly could be. That it is at its best form and quality. Now, between these two... Which do you think John is talking about in Revelation? Do you think he's talking about this new heaven and new earth just being new in time? Or do you think he's talking about the quality and nature of it? The reality is, is that he is literally using this word, kainos. And what he means by that is that, that God is not throwing this place away that God is going to bring a restoration and bring it back to exactly how it's supposed to be and beyond our imagination. It will be restored back to exactly how it's supposed to be. And unfortunately, sometimes in the church, we say things like, well, heaven is really my home or I'm just passing on through I want to encourage you to just not say those things because what, what John is pointing here when he says that God is going to make all things new, he means that this place matters and that he's going to restore this back to how it's supposed to be, which will be beyond our imagination. 
there's a great book by a guy named uh, Stanley Hauerwas, and uh, it's entitled, I love the title, he, it's called Resident Aliens. And I just love this title because I think it beautifully describes who we are as we are waiting for this new heavens and new earth to come. It, what Hauerwas is saying is that in one sense, we are residents of this world. This place matters. You should care about COVID issues. Don't be dumb, all right? You should care about these things. You should be a good neighbor to those around you. Yet at the same time too, you're also an alien, that you are hoping for something that is so much greater than what you have experienced in this world. And the promise is, is that God is going to bring a renovation that HGTV is not going to be able to capture in 30 minutes. It's going to be beyond what we can imagine. And so you and I are resident aliens. And that, that word, that promise of God making all things new was true for the original hearers of Revelation, but it's true for you and me today as well. So, so what, is all, what does this all mean? All right, like, hey, great. Am I just waiting patiently? I, I want to have you hope, hope that you can understand this here. Uh, because Jesus promises that he is coming back, because he is going to renovate and bring a renovation that is beyond our imagination, my hope for you today would be that you would have hope. Simply that. That you would trust that God is going to fulfill what he ultimately promises. Because when, when the world... <laughs> seems to show us things. I, I hope this is a trigger for you, actually. I want to say it this way. I, I hope that when you click on HGTV and, and you see Chip and Joanna Gaines and they do that great renovation project, I hope that this would trigger something for you. Uh, when you do that reno project and, and you're doing the yard work and it is perfectly lined and all that rain has really helped the grass be so green outside, I hope that this would trigger something for you. And when you're wearing those clothes that fit really well. I hope this triggers something for you because I want you in those moments to say, you know what, this is beautiful, but something greater is coming. Because when the world brings out the worst, and if we find out that our kids have to be in e-learning through 2021, all right, kind of joking here, and that's not prophecy. I'm hoping that that is not true, okay? Or, or if you have to experience knowing somebody close to you or a loved one who has been affected by this disease, I hope that this would trigger something for you, that you would say that this is absolutely terrible, but God is promising something greater. That even as you have tears in your eyes, you can cling and hold on to that God is going to renovate and he is not done here. Because the truth is, is that we all need hope and we all desire for a renovation. And the truth is, is that God 
promises to bring that renovation to those who trust in him. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your great promises and this promise of a future that is coming that will be beyond what we can imagine. May we cling on to hope and to your promise. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.